Hey, Karen, have you ever had a difficult coworker? Yeah, there was this one person, Patrice. Patrice. I don't know what it was. Every time we had interactions, we just ended up, you know, I ended up screaming at her. <laughs> Would you tell her stuff like, don't do it like that, Patrice? Yeah, but. Nobody asked you, Patrice! Now that you're. No, wait, you know what? That's how I met your mother. How I met your mother. That's right, the television show. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure I've had examples, but. Uh, well, I'm sure I've annoyed you in one way or another a time or two. <laughs> I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. We're, this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about difficult coworkers and how to manage through all of that. So let's go ahead and get started. everyone. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the, the Gut Geeks. Geeks. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We get together every week on Thursdays to talk a little bit about career development in the public sector. This week we're talking about how to manage some of the more challenging relationships in the workplace and quite honestly in all of the different corners of our lives. So Karen, we're talking about again a difficult coworker. So what in your mind really kind of springs to mind when you think about something like that? I think it can be anybody who you may have a difficult time working with mm. in a professional environment. It can be somebody who you feel is not pulling their own weight or somebody who seems to be out to get you. Um, but essentially just somebody who seems to make your job a little bit more difficult and challenging. Sure. Someone that makes it just a, that little bit more challenging. You know, it's funny when you mention it that way, because it could be a person that has a different perspective. It could be a person that has just a more gruff personality and all that. But Right. It could be somebody who is more project oriented and not mm. so much people oriented or task oriented versus relationship oriented. So there could be different, you know, things that can result in those types of workplace conflicts. Yeah, workplace conflicts. You know, it reminds me of the Avengers. When they first all got together, they had a lot of different personality types. They had their own different perspectives that they were bringing in. And there was a lot of conflict that really came to it. But by working it through and having good discussions and, you know, collaborations, they're able to make things just a little bit better. Right. And I'm sure bonding over near-death experiences and fighting <laughs> yeah. had something to do with it Fighting well. Shatari coming in, invading New York City. <laughs> right. While you may not have that in your workplace, it's still important to have those shared interests and mission goals. Yeah, exactly. So basically, if you guys want to be like the Avengers, this is going to be a fantastic show for you. So we have at least four different strategies that we're uh, looking forward to sharing with you. So with that said, uh, Karen, what is the first strategy for how to deal with a difficult coworker? So the first one is to make sure to separate the people or the person from the problem. Mm. So many times we see an issue that we're working through and we identify that, oh, that Patrice, that is her, you know, it's her fault and tying her to the problem, right. which that's a, that, of course, is not a reference into my own personal, but no, of course not. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, there was a running gag where there was a 
coworker named Patrice that just kept driving Robin crazy. So yeah, and as funny as it was in the workplace, you can't really have that type of uh, ongoing work relationship. Right, you shouldn't. It's shouldn't. Then that becomes a toxic work environment, <laughs> which we're trying to avoid that. Yeah, and to deal with our conflicts with you know working with others. Oh, of course. And really the idea about separating the individual from the issue or the concern is really the key thing here because it could be a person's personality, again, their perspective, how they are working in the workplace, as opposed to, you know, they're out to get me again or adopting kind of like a victim mentality. Why is it that they can't just see it the way I see it? Why can't they do what I want them to do sort of a deal? But if you take a step back and you think, okay, well, looking at everything, if it was the best case scenario, perhaps they are just going about it this other way that perhaps you hadn't really considered before. And that was causing some of the frustrations perhaps in your own mind is what you're seeing. They're not necessarily saying, you know, I'm going to sabotage you, Karen, <laughs> <laughs> but really this is a different approach to go about things. Right. And I'm thinking of uh, Ant-Man, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, Ant-Man where he was given the mantle of Ant-Man from um, Mr. Pym. Yeah, Hank Pym, exactly. From Hank Pym. And Hank Pym's daughter was very upset at this. Right. And so she kept kind of targeting um, Paul Rudd. Um, I'm blanking on his character's name, focusing more on Paul Rudd's name right now. But, but Paul Rudd, yeah. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd's character, Ant-Man, where he is kind of feeling the brunt of her angst with she wanted to be the one to take on the mantle. She's the one that's been kind of building up, um, you know, from the ground up and he gets it instead. So she's more frustrated with him than at the situation. And she's not able to separate that until later on uh, in, in the movie, but something like that, where again, you're trying to separate the person from the problem. And instead of targeting the person target the situation and how you can resolve it. Yeah. And, you know, we're all at different stages in our developmental growth throughout our careers. Some people may be better at doing some internal management, doing some meditation, reflection, mindfulness, managing their own responses to things. And others, they could just fly off the handle. <laughs> yeah. And, and so when you're trying to work with that individual and they could be seen as a challenging person to work with, they are just on a journey of their own to try to figure out how they can manage what's happening to them. And so they don't perhaps necessarily intend to react that way, or they don't realize that they're coming across, coming across that gruff mm -hmm. <laughs> or challenging. But still, nonetheless, if you take the chance to kind of take a step back and think through really what is going on. But that, that takes a little bit of self-growth and self-control. Mm -hmm. Because uh, basically, if someone comes up and slaps you, <laughs> I mean, what is your reaction going to be to that? Can you like hold in your response to that and think, okay, let me think through why this is happening. Where is this other person at in this mm. situation? It can be tough. Yeah, definitely tough in that type of situation. But that yes. brings us to our second strategy, which is to try to focus on shared interests. Right. What is it that everyone has as a shared common goal? So instead of struggling directly with the person or with the person's personality, we can perhaps think, well, what is it that we have in common and work towards that? How can you best help them achieve their goal that they're trying to accomplish that you, by the way, have a similar goal? Right. Especially if you're working on a project together, more likely 
you have the same end goal of completing this project. So how can you work together to focus on the pieces to get to that end goal? Of course, the pieces for that. And you know, it's funny because this isn't just like in the workplace, this could be like any individual that you work with at home, <laughs> your family, your friends, your professional networks. We all know a couple of people that could be a little bit challenging to get along with sometimes. But uh, if we take this uh, strategy in mind, it might be a little easier uh, to find some common ground. So it could be something big like at work, you're working on a big project, like a budget submission for Congress or something like that. Or it could be with a friend and you're trying to figure out, well, how the heck everyone can get along to do whatever activity you're trying to do, going to watch a movie or, you know, figuring something else out like that. Yeah. Paying the bill at the end of a, <laughs> exactly. at the end of a meal, I'm sure pre COVID um, we've all had those experiences where it's like, all right, now how do we split this up? Well, I only got the salad. I didn't get all the stuff you got. So I'm just paying my portion of it. <laughs> exactly. right? How do you manage all of that? And especially back in the day when not everyone had a cell phone that they could easily calculate stuff or people are writing Pay with a check. Venmo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just do a Venmo, click, click, done. Right. <laughs> Technology is a wonderful thing if you allow it to be. Right. But you all have the common goal of let's pay this bill. Right. How do we get together and move forward together and make sure that everyone's happy about the end outcome? Because really, I, I think what happens is you can find a problem in almost anything if all you do is look for problems. So if you're looking for what is the solution, what is the shared area of interest? Well, then you're going to have more of a shared uh, goal or accomplishment. Mm -hmm. This is good. You know, I'm so glad to have these conversations with you. I feel better having conversations with you about this. Right. With everybody. With everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we're happy you guys are here. <laughs> so the third one is to generate options for mutual gain. So right. how does that differ from what we just spoke about? Oh, yeah. So I think previously we're talking about what is the single shared goal or objective that we're trying to get to. In this instance, we're trying to think, well, what are the best strategies in order for us to collectively get to that point? So you could recommend suggestions, perhaps utilizing some of their perspectives as well, so that there's a little bit of a, uh, a combined effort or an approach to something. Um, this also allows us to be open to new suggestions and new ideas, uh, being respectful for like what you care about, but also what other people may care about as well. Right. And I think the first step to all of that is communication. Right. Like you have to come to the table or at least come to some table virtually or in person and talk about this, right? Right. You can't deal with a difficult coworker by just not dealing with it and avoiding it. You eventually have to have that communication to figure out where they stand, where you stand, and then start having those conversations about mutual gain, mm -hmm. you know, similar goals, all of that, but you have to be communicating. And, and that could be challenging in and of itself. I mean, if you are so focused on this individual is doing all of these bad things and not allowing me to move forward, then it's really hard to have a conversation with that person because you are putting so much onto their individual reaction, decision, what have you. And you're not separating them exactly. from the problem. But if you are focused on the problem and you're trying to come at it from all different angles, working with these individuals, then you are collectively solving the issue because the issue that you're solving is whatever the problem is. You're not solving a person. You're solving whatever the problem is. Yeah. Cause I mean, we all know that, um, 
for the most part, I, I think we do, uh, the idea that a person can't change unless they want to change. You can't really like force change on someone and think everything's going to be fantastic and, and wonderful. But if they want I mean, that change. I can't do the, the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I know, Mind right? control just, and change that. Just change everything. Exactly. Well, I you know you do have a lot of really cool powers. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put that past you. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, definitely think about some options. What are some ways that perhaps uh, together you could move forward towards that solution that you're really caring about? Uh, and then this allows you also to work with others along the way. So this is where you do coalition building, partnership development. Um, so perhaps the other person that is a bit of a challenge, the difficult coworker, uh, if you work with them and other people, then there is a group thought about how to solve a problem rather than you coming to them and them thinking, oh, well, you know, Karen's just coming over here and telling me what she wants to do and I'm just supposed to like jump and do it. But if they feel involved in the decision-making process, engaged in how to go about the solutions and more importantly heard that they had the chance to really engage, then the odds are they're going to be a little bit easier to work with because they're getting what they're looking for. Right. And again, communication is the key because they may not realize they're being difficult. Right. And who knows? You might be you might be difficult the person. to them. Exactly. So it's important to have those conversations so you can hash that out and come to an agreement. Yeah. Oh wow. You know, Karen, you just kind of blew my mind with that thought. Because really, what if we are being the impediment to our own goals that we're trying to accomplish? You know, if we just think to ourselves, why isn't everyone else just doing this, doing it this way? Well, we may be making things harder for ourselves than perhaps it needs to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and then again, also, um, there's this great coaching philosophy to basically monitor your own responses. Like, don't believe every thought that you've had or pay attention to your attention. What is it that you are focusing on? Allow yourself to kind of step back and evaluate who you are in that situation. Not what the situation is, but how you are responding to that situation. Uh, giving yourself the opportunity to do that, I think would be great. It's a very Yoda-esque yeah. um, philosophy there. I like to think of it as like Dr. Strange, where he just uh, pops out into his astral projection and he can kind of like observe his body and the interactions as what's going on and kind of realize like, whoa. <laughs> What just happened here? Yeah, if only. If only. <laughs> I know that's definitely your superpower of choice. <laughs> yes, it is. Karen wants to be super productive. She wants to allow her body to do something while her astral projection is like reading, evaluating, writing reports, you know, doing something exactly. super cool. Try to get the most done. Well, maybe that is your secret. While the rest of us are asleep, Karen's astral projection is just floating around doing different tasks and assignments. Ah, you figured it out. <laughs> Everything makes so much sense now. Mm -hmm. But clearly, I digress. <laughs> so what's the next one? So our next and final one is to compromise, collaborate, and communicate. I'm going to throw oh, in that last one. Throw in the communication. Yeah, throw in the, the communicate, because that is a, a huge one, I think, is the, the three C's for all of this, right? Compromise. Triple C. Yes. Or C cubed. C cubed. Yes. I, I see what you did there. Yeah, there uh. you go. So yeah, compromise, collaborate, and communicate. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, just to just to mention that that isn't necessarily like you know the easiest thing to do because if you feel so stuck in the moment, you're so like 
frustrated about something, how easy is it to be willing to have a communication with someone? Or how easy is it to really compromise what you're interested in in order to allow another person to partner with all of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be very challenging. No, it is. It, it is very challenging. That's why we're even talking about it. Because if it were easy, we wouldn't have conflict. We wouldn't have people refusing to work together because oh, oh, and, I don't want to work together. Our producer that. added in the oh. communicate right there. That Oh, she is good. It <laughs> awesome. just magically appeared. Yes, it did. My astral projection. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, I think it's making sure that you have the skills to be able to utilize when you come to these difficult situations right. and conflict. I know many people see that as a bad thing. I have learned that to not see it as a bad thing. It's a growth opportunity. It's a challenge. It's also necessary. It, it and sounds like Leslie Nope. I remember when she said, you know, whenever anyone is screaming at me, I just hear that they are caring very loudly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I think we have Leslie Nope right back there. Oh yeah. Leslie Nope is just is right over there. Yeah, which I guess I'm blocking her. Oh, there, there she is. is. Yep. Yeah. There she is. <laughs> so so yeah, exactly. Where you just want to make sure that you see conflict and different perspectives as an important part of the team building, the group dynamics part of the workplace. Or per personal personal growth. Yeah. Well, not personal growth, but in personal situations. As well. Oh, like oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and to be honest, um, this is something just be patient with yourself. As you are seeing these conflicts, it's easy to react in one way or the other. Um, but really allowing yourself to grow in the process and to figure out what works, what doesn't work. That's the sort of growth and development that allows you to be a better engaged employee friend, colleague, all of that. Uh, and then also really why, uh, as you continue to move throughout your career, when you're doing different levels of work that's more action-oriented, to then promotions where you are managing or supervising or leading Having others. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's where a lot of the soft skill comes into place. And the better you are at developing your powers and your abilities <laughs> at that point, the easier it is for you to utilize them once you get into those higher level positions. And if you're in those positions right now and you're still encountering the, some of these things, I mean, we've worked with some executives that have perhaps have had a frustration or two <laughs> here and there. Well, then that is how it is a great opportunity for you to develop that a little bit more. And in utilizing that skill, you develop really engaged and motivated teams, people that love to work there. The culture is just so much better. Uh, and then from there, you flourish even more because the organization is able to prosper and you're able to achieve the mission that you're going for, which at the end of the day is really what public service is all about. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the growth of, uh, again, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, this is one of the things, because uh, obviously I have a huge fan crush on Captain America, <laughs> but he is just such a consummate leader in this way. He's able to establish partnerships, relationships, work with people. And the whole idea about, you know, the shield is just like a symbol of, of all of that. Uh, and that I think is a bigger thing about government in general. You know, the reason why we have our flag with the 50 stars is it's just a coming together and putting aside differences and collaborating in a way to really achieve a common goal or objective. 
Obviously, you know, no one's ever going to completely agree on something, um, but you don't have to have 100% agreement in order to have progress. Mm -hmm. Oof, that almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> so there we go. Um, those are our four uh, strategies that, that we have to share with you guys. So Karen, again, what were the four? So first, separate the people from the problem. Mm -hmm. Second, focus on shared interests. Third, generate options for mutual gain. Mm -hmm. And finally, the three C's, compromise, collaborate, and communicate. And communicate. There we go. Yes. Compromise can be a challenge because you're giving something up. Uh, collaborating could be a little bit more challenging because you want to do it yourself and communicating could be a bit of a challenge because you don't want to have that conversation. But when you work all of them together, it could be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reminded of a, a great story where uh, two individuals uh, are trying to utilize an orange uh, for their different purposes. And one person uh, is just so adamant that they needed to have the orange. So they thought, all right, you know what? Let's just cut the orange in half and both of us get what we want and life is great. But little did they realize that they wanted it for their different goals or objectives. So one person, they just needed to have the skin of the orange so they can have some good mixed drinks. <laughs> and the other person wanted the inside of the orange because they needed some vitamin C and they thought it was a tasty snack. If you just split it down the middle and not even communicate, you get half of what you want. But if you have a good conversation, and you work with the other person, then there you go. Everyone gets 100% of what they wanted. Right. If you had just communicated with each other to figure out what each other wanted, you mm -hmm. could have easily solved that and compromised by getting what each individual needed. Exactly. Right? Yep. But if you separate the problem from the situation or the issue, you can have that type of a conversation. Yes, it is possible. You can get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, but our show is not over just yet. Uh, we also now have our questions from the Gov Geekdom, our questions and answers. So um, every week we answer a couple of questions that we had that were sent in on different social medias and all of that. So uh, if you ever have a question that you want us to answer here on the show, send us an email at info at thegovgeeks.com or uh, put in a post or a comment wherever we are on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Okay, so we have two questions this go around. Uh, Karen, what's the first question? So the first one is, what if I can't find a job at my executive level? Oh, yeah, that, that is such a great question. I mean, like, what if we have such truly wonderful expertise and experiences, but there's not a lot of those jobs that are out there for you? Right, uh, and that tends to happen, right, with like the cone of exactly. everything, yeah. The higher up you go, the fewer positions there are at those levels, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, you know, what I think about a whole lot in that opportunity is because if you think about it as an opportunity, it allows you to open up different options for you. Uh, with networking and engagement, you're able to work with people who recognize your skills and abilities. And a lot of times what happens at the executive level are positions are created for you. If a person knows like how qualified this person is and how much a value or a benefit they could be for them, they're able to create a position. I mean, Karen, from your experience, how many times have you seen 
an executive position just like pop up. They they make room on their rosters for positions for executives. Mm -hmm. it, it certainly does happen. Uh, and there's a lot of different hiring strategies that you can use to, to make this happen or different appointments. Um, but really, again, it's how do you manage and leverage your network? And how is it that you are finding where those opportunities are with where your network is and really what their needs are and what your value is? Right, because your network is, is your, your net, net worth. worth. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very important to leverage that. Um, I realize it, you know, it, it takes time. It's not like one of those things where you can kind of snap your finger and you can go anywhere and everywhere. And there's tons of positions that's going to pay you lots of money, give you the real fulfillment that you're looking for. Um, but this is a journey uh, that, that we're all on together in our, our careers. So yeah, that, that's definitely a growth point. All right. Uh, the second one here is I'm new to the government. I'm new in town. <laughs> I am new in town, John Mulaney. Should, should I take a lower grade just to get in? Oh, yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. I mean, of course, that was kind of my journey um, mm -hmm. where I just really wanted to get into the federal government and taking a lower grade than I thought um, I, I guess, was valued at was definitely something that um, I opted to do because I felt that it would... You know, I just wanted to get in. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's one of those things of, you know, uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush type of a, a concept. If you know that you have this opportunity, yes, there may be plenty of other opportunities that are out there, but those aren't something that you have in the moment. So if you are living and you're present in the moment and you have this opportunity, it's a simple yes or no question. Is this something that you want? Because if you take that role, that's not to say that you can't have another role that might be available for you later on and you can grow into that one as well. Um, plus also, if you're in a position where you're thinking, I really need uh, this type of position uh, or you know, I need to pay my, my loans, my student loans, mm -hmm. you know, my mortgage, all of that stuff. Well, something available now is going to give that to you. Um, but then I guess on the flip side, if you're like, you know, I have the uh, ability to hold out a little bit longer, uh, I am willing to take the risk that this next big thing is going to come about uh, that I truly want, then, you know, that that's there as well. But we're, we're each on our own career journey and career path. And like you mentioned, you just, you wanted the opportunity to get in and, mm -hmm. and there you were. You know, I remember uh, you had a couple of great opportunities and you were deciding which position to take, uh, some were contract and and all that. And you're trying to figure out, well, what is the next step that can come after this position? Mm -hmm. uh, wh what in your mind allowed you to feel comfortable about taking that one position? Well, support from family. I know support from from you was a, was a huge one to um, do it. And I think that was a big part of it. But it was, you know, you'd have your pros and cons list. Like, okay, do I go for this one, which is closer to home, but eh, may not be in the area that I'm, I'm leaning towards? Or do, or do I go for this amazing one that seems, you know, something that I may, you know, be a little overqualified for, but still would be something that I would enjoy doing right. and get my foot in the door, then absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I made that decision. So. I'm glad too. And that you had the happiness as a result of the decision. But I mean, really nothing is ever 100% and you just try to do the best that you can with what you have in the moment that you have it.
And we like thinking back, we've been in the DC area now for 17 plus years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and as everyone knows, we're originally from Texas. And it was that bigger decision just to kind of roll the dice and say, let's see what's available out there. You know, should I take this job or should I stay in this other job? Yeah. And here we are now uh, as a result of all of that. Um, could we have predicted that this exact thing could have happened and we are with the Gup Geeks sharing this information with you? Not necessarily. We, we rolled the, you know, D20 and we went for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I think we had a, you know, advantage. We were rolling an advantage yeah, <laughs> to get to where we are. Um, because honestly, having you with me as my partner throughout all of this stuff is uh, my advantage. And I'm very grateful for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're a good coworker. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, that is it for this week. We appreciate working with you guys. Um, also, we know there's a couple of great things that are coming out here soon. First off, we have every Wednesday our uh, sessions that we do on LinkedIn for interviews. It's part of a nine-part series. We did one earlier on on resumes, and now we moved on to interviews. And these are fantastic pieces of information that we're so excited to share with you. These are coming out on LinkedIn every Wednesday. And then also we have the GovGeek Challenge. Uh, it starts on March 22nd, which happens to be the anniversary of the GovGeeks, our five-year anniversary for our organization. Super happy about that. Um, but yes, if you're interested in resume writing, career strategy and planning, prepping for interviews, network development and management, all of that sort of great stuff, the challenge has all of this together. It's only $49. Just come out to thegovgeeks.com uh, to register, and it is right there available for you guys. It's uh, honestly... I. I love doing the, the challenge. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Plus, it's also very beneficial and helpful. So, um, Karen, what are your closing thoughts for our subject this week? Communicate. 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 Yes. People won't know how things are impacting you, how their actions are impacting you, and you won't learn maybe how your actions are impacting them. And that has to happen in order to work together towards a common goal. That's perfect. Like the person isn't an empath. They can't automatically see how you're feeling or they're not Dr. Xavier and can read your mind. Unless you communicate, it is going to be unknown. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for your service. Thank you.